0: now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it in Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Amen. It is finished. Three days after Jesus said this, he resurrected. As we know, Easter is an annual Christian celebration. Festival that celebrates the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Three days after the crucifixion, burial, uh, the death, burial, he rose from the grave. By this he conquered death and redeemed us from sin. By his death he fulfilled and ended the requirement of the old covenant and established a new one. There is an anonymous code that says every end is a new beginning. Now you think about it. Consider this. A new beginning is irrelevant irrelevant without an ending. Yeah. And perhaps you could also say that an ending is irrelevant without a new beginning. You know, I was reading that uh, Jesus' final statement, "It is finished," is actually one word. And he actually shouted that. We We're in the scripture That he actually shouted that one word. In Greek the word is. Tetelestai. And it means that. It is finished. It remains to be finished. And it will always be finished. There's a final, final. Finality to it. You know if Jesus spoke at that moment. He probably would have said. Done. You know. And um, he practically shouted that. I can just imagine him shouting that, done. And that must have been really convicting to hear that. You know, he probably, um, if you consider it, his death is irrevocable. Its purpose is irrevocable. Its direction is irrevocable. It's crucial. In God's plan. For humanity. The crucifixion is. But if you think about it. We also know that this resurrection. Is also crucial to God's plan for humanity. They are so perfectly together. That one might say that. The resurrection. Is probably irrelevant. Without the crucifixion. Or their crucifixion is probably irrelevant without the resurrection. But, you know, the order is important. We know that. You know, death and resurrection, old covenant and new covenant, Old Testament, New Testament, old life, new life, order is important. I'm going to let my wife share.
1: Good morning. Happy Easter. So I'm grateful that we can share with you today, that I can share with you today. So um, before I start, I have a disclaimer. So what I'm going to share is from something I read, so it's not my original idea. (laughs) Um, So I read that someone can have abnormal um, heart rhythms for different reasons. And then there's a procedure that's called cardioconversion that is used to correct that, right? I hope I got that right conversion is used to upset this abnormal signaling of the heart unless the heart reset itself back so that it can start beating like it should, right? So they stop your heart briefly to allow that to happen. So I was trying to imagine allowing a doctor to stop the beating of my heart. So what if they can't restart it, right? Would I be willing to risk dying in order for my life to be more lasting? Um... That sounds dramatic, but that's exactly the kind of reset Jesus said following him would entail. It's dying and starting all over again. So I'm reading a book called um, The Passion of Jesus Christ by John Piper. It's uh, 50 reasons why Jesus came to die. And in one chapter, he talked about um, 1 Peter 2, um, verse 24, which says... um, He bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. We die to live. Christ dying in my place for my sins means that I die too. And that he died so that I might live. And he died that I might die. Um, So in God's mind, looking at Christ dying on the cross, I was there too. Right. My sins were on him and the death I deserve was happening to me in him. So I also have another scripture. Romans um, chapter six, verse 13 says, um, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. So I was buried with him when I went under the waters of baptism, and I was raised with him as I came out of the water to my new life. So now I live to righteousness. So that's what I've been reflecting on today, as you know, to celebrate um, Christ's resurrection.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> you know, scriptures remind us time and time again that we must choose to end something, to have a new beginning. And uh, that too is set. The foundation is set. It cannot be revoked. All we have to do is decide and act on it and live to righteousness. So as we take the communion today, you know, as you hold, I was trying to dig up the uh, communion here, but I can't dig it out. But, um, you know, I I want you to consider, you know, as as you hold that uh, communion uh, cup, and bread, that it reminds us that everything is set for us, the foundation is set. Nobody can separate us from that. And all we have to do is decide. And mind you, it's not a one-time decision. It's a decision that we have to make every day for the rest of our Christian life. Let's think about that as we take the communion today. Amen? Let's pray. Amazing, Father, we love hearing about your words. We love hearing about the stories in the Bible that you so freely and graciously provide to us, Father. We love hearing about the heroes that we have in the Bible. And we love hearing about how much you love us and how much you are willing to go to make sure that we have a free access to your love, Father, that you would send your son to die on the cross for us. And that he resurrected. On the third day. Father as we take the communion today. Allow us to connect. With the gravity. The depth. The direction. And the finality. Of that expression. Of your love for us father. Help us to remember God. That the ending. Of that wonderful st- story. Is set for us, and all we have to do is to make a decision that we want to be part of it, Father. Thank you so much for providing us that chance. Uh, Father, I pray that uh, we're able to connect with you at that level. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this is the part where we will be collecting uh, contribution. Before we do that, I'd like to share a few thoughts uh, about my conviction about that. I'd like to read from the book of Mark chapter 12 41 to 44. Mark chapter 12 41 to 44. It starts in verse 41. And this is something that I think is very familiar to all of us. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But see, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. For a number of years, I've had the, uh, the blessing and the privilege of uh, coordinating and supervising uh, several church members responsible for uh, counting uh, funds that's coming into church, whether it's given through uh, weekly contributions or uh, special events, uh, retreats, conferences, uh, special missions. Um, And um, it is our job to make sure that uh, we hold a certain level of accountability from the time uh, even the way that money is being collected and how it's being processed and how it's being reported and how it's getting deposited. We make sure, we made sure that our process is above board. One of the unintended consequences of that is that I get to see what everybody is giving. And, um, you know, it, it's amazing. It's just very convicting. You know, I, I see checks. Uh, or cash you no know, checks in the amount of you know from five dollars to you know ten twenty hundred dollars $1, thousand dollars sometimes I see checks of uh, five thousand uh, dollars even eight thousand dollars ten thousand dollars and um, You know, I, I have to I had to do a heart check every time because as amusing as it was to see what everybody is giving was giving and how much I have to remind myself that I'm only seeing half of the story. What I cannot see is probably the more important outer half of that story that only Jesus and God knows. What I cannot see is the heart and motivation behind every contribution that is being given. And I have to have a heart check every time. Because in the framework of the scripture that we are reading, it's quite conceivable that a $5 given with the right heart and motivation is incrementally more than a $5,000 that is given with wrong heart and motivation. And a $10,000... $10 $10 that is given with the wrong heart is a whole lot more than a $10,000 given with the wrong heart. I have to have a heart check every single time. As we gave our contribution today, I want to encourage all of us to make sure that we're having a heart check. I truly believe that uh, Christians, are probably the most incredible, giving, and generous people on earth. And I want to encourage all of us to make sure that as we continue, as we excel in that gift of giving, that we continue to make sure that we are checking hard, to make sure that we're doing it to glorify God. Let's go to God and pray. Father God I know that our giving pales in comparison with how much you have given up already to show us how much you love us Father we can give $5, $1, 10,000 or even more but Father we know If we claim that we know you, Father, we know that you're not looking at the mount. You're looking at the heart behind the reason why we are giving what we are giving, Father. I pray, Father, that as we continue to live our lives living to righteousness, and part of that is giving back because we know that what we give is something that you will bless incrementally more to serve your purpose. I pray, Father, that we can continue to give to you with the right heart. And, Father, if we are confused about that, I pray that you continue to purify our hearts, Father, so we can see better, so we can see clearly to give with the right motive. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to share all the blessings that you have given us so far, Father. And I pray, God, that our giving continue to glorify you. We pray this in your Son's name. Amen.